Disclaimer. The views and opinions you hear expressed by the participants of this show are not the views of AnimeNewsNetwork.com. And cast tapes live at 5 p.m. Pacific on Thursdays. Check out my Twitter feed, ANNZAG, for more. Enjoy the show! Welcome to Ancast. I'm Zach Birchie. Well, it's that time of year again. The games industry has descended upon Los Angeles like a tipped over bag of flaming hot Cheetos or something. I don't know. Joining me as usual. Um, Zach, I believe it's Doritos this year. Is it Doritos this year? Yeah. It's usually Doritos. Cheetos is really not. I mean, it's a gaming food. Yes. But Doritos are the iconic gaming food. Oh, very much so. Right. Anyway, that's the voice of Heidi Kemp's freelancer. You can find her at gaming.moe, and she writes for Anime News Network. Uh, She's at E3, so thanks, Heidi, for joining us on the show today. Well, technically, I just got back, but yeah, I've been at E3 pretty much all week. I'm going to give you credit for being there. (laughs) Uh, Todd Sialik, he writes the X button. Todd, thanks for coming on. Oh, always a pleasure. And uh, Anime News Network and Fast Karate for the Gentleman's Own, Dave Riley. Dave, thanks for coming on again. Anytime, always. Okay, so E3. How how excited? I, I'm curious. Individually, how excited were you about video games going into E3? Dave, you take that one. Uh, I mean, I wasn't not excited. I feel like I'm always kind of the Debbie Downer come E3 time because right. I don't really get into the metrics. Uh, and like the what are the company's businesses gonna look like in five years if Nintendo doesn't release the console? That stuff doesn't really grab me. And the other thing being, like a lot of the games they're talking about at this E3, they were talking about at last E3, and I feel like I haven't heard anything from them since then. So it's just sort of like a I don't know, like a like a brain check of like, yep, I still want to play that near sequel. Uh, yeah, but not really being given a lot of additional information about it. Yeah, right. It, it, it yeah, it felt like so. Like they, there was a thing going around where it's like, here's how many of the games announced at last. Like none of the games uh, from last year's E3 are out. Right, like almost none of them. It, that there thing was going around. Ones I was like super psyched about, like that the new Kamiya game, like, I'm totally into playing that, and I don't know if I even knew last year that it was a multiplayer game. Right. And it's probably going to be, like, kind of Monster Hunter-esque, and I'm super down with, like, a Monster Hunter Kamiya game. Mm -hmm. But I guess now we have more than a teaser trailer, which was what was there last year. But at the same time, it's like, is that when is that coming out? I don't know, like, late 2017? (laughs) That's still a while to go. Yeah, totally. It it, it also kind of feels like the development cycle for video games and, and the, the industry is changing a lot. And so E3 is less, I mean, everyone's been saying this for how long, but E3 is like less and less relevant. It's harder to plan around it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it, it seems that way. I don't know. The, the show seemed really sort of low key this year, but I mean, Todd, how excited were you about video games going into this? Uh, well, what kind of writing system should I use for that? Like a uh, GamePro exploding yeah. faces or yes. something like that? Use that. I'd say more like the green, um, marginally interested face. Okay, all right. That's maybe a good the, one. Maybe with a uh, little 
thumbs up next to it possibly because i did have a basically a checklist of games i was interested in that was last guardian gravity rush 2 and near automata and i saw more of all those games so you know i can't say i was totally disappointed but i just don't think i've really banked on e3 or treated like a big football game for a long time because once you sort of start stop rooting for certain companies against or certain systems you kind of just see e3 as a big you know academy awards thing where you don't really care about any of the nominations too much because oh yeah who wins as long as you can see the movie it makes sense i mean it's just a bunch of commercials like i I, this is i look at e3 as like oh this will tell me which video games i am interested in trying over the next Mm. couple of years that's it like that's the only thing i see it i know so like whenever anyone's like who won mm. eat who cares <laughs> yeah i don't work at any of those companies <laughs> I think the last time i was really invested in e3 in terms of how something did was either 1996 or 1997 when i was reading the magazines and seeing how well the sega saturn was doing because i was like oh my gosh if the saturn doesn't do well at this e3 it's totally doomed you know you yeah, right <laughs> yeah that was like 96 i think where yeah it they really were totally doomed. long time ago well heidi i mean I, re- I would bet that nearly a day goes by where you're not excited about video games. Uh, I'm <laughs> always kind of hype about video games, but when it comes to E3 specifically, like the very concept of E3 just grows daily like an all-encompassing black maw that will swallow up my life for a week. Right. Yeah, for you, it's this giant professional obligation. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. yeah, it's like right now I am just exhausted and kind of glad it's over. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, bef- before we dig into the, the actual games of, of the show, uh, let's talk about uh, the stuff we've played recently. It, we haven't done one of these in a while. So, uh, I mean, what I guess just what, what you've been playing over the last like month or two, whatever comes to mind, Dave. <laughs> Well, just in the essence of brevity, I won't drag that thing, but the new Sherlock Holmes game came out, and I don't see a lot of talk about these on the internet, but I am, like, a million percent for them. They are so good, uh, they are super bad, but, like, in that way that video games used to be allowed to be bad, where they'd have, like, a ton of rough edges and everything wasn't focus grouped to death, and, like, especially in the case of, like, you know, a mystery puzzle game like you you didn't have to feel like you were being spoon-fed everything even to the level that like phoenix wright does which i like phoenix wright and it has its moments but like i really like the way these sherlock holmes games are plot put together they're made by um an eastern european company out of ukraine uh and as you're doing your usual like investigate and talk to the people sometimes you'll just be interrupted with a mini game where like Wiggins, the noble urchin that helps out Sherlock Holmes, <laughs> right. has to go like do an Assassin's Creed stealth sequence, which involves uh, climbing up and cleaning a chimney at the same time. So like another different urchin, urchin boy doesn't get beat for not cleaning the chimney. And then like a period accurate shoe shining minigame cuts in at some point and right. you can fail it. Like if you don't know which order to apply say, the brush versus the rag. Um, And they're just like, yeah, they're just so sort of slapdash in this really fun way where the production values, you know, probably weren't everything that the developer wanted, but it's got a lot of heart. And uh, the personality just hasn't been completely neutered. 
uh, by some executive. And strangely, in this one, like, that's the one thing I don't like is that they used to have this, like, really kind of snide, nasally, uh, very low, low affect Sherlock Holmes. And they replaced the voice actor and they changed the character models. And this has to be on purpose. Like, Sherlock Holmes is just John Hamm. Uh, and Watson is just Jude Law. Like, they just look like they somebody, like, traced the actors' faces. Uh, so that's a little disappointing when you're used to, like, sort of the more nebbishy, like, pointy-nosed Sherlock Holmes instead of this handsome guy that, like, has a daughter out of nowhere, like the sixth, fifth season of Buffy or something. Like, a daughter just shows up and everybody's like, oh, okay, Sherlock Holmes has this kid now. But uh, <laughs> Right. Oh God, I just love those games. Like they, they do what I want all those sort of mystery detective games to do, which is just give you a quiz at the end, right. like a multiple choice thing, just to prove that you were paying like the barest amount of attention. Yeah, like if you were actually like seventy five percent listening to the dialogue, you usually can guess who the culprit is. But they always give you like three or four things that seem more or less equally plausible. Um, right, and so like yeah, every two to three years whenever these things come out it's been like a tradition of like the excitement just builds and like you could the old ones are probably five bucks on steam now and i heavily recommend the last one testament of sherlock holmes if not this one since it's full price and maybe might be a little difficult to stomach but um on sort of a more topical nature the resident evil demo came out right and i'm like you know sort of one of the last stalwart like holding out super Resident Evil fans. Like they're some of my favorite games of all times. And I've stick stuck through them through thick and, uh, Resident Evil six, uh, which is just one of the worst games ever made, at least by, with that sort of budget behind it. Um, and so that's the thing I was kind of like Todd mentioned the Sega Saturn stuff. And I was going to say the thing, the hope that always springs eternal for me with E3 is that they're just going to be like, this thing is out now and you can buy it. Right. And, and I know that really can't happen for the most part because, like, that's not how, you know, marketing and publicity cycles work and stuff. But I just want to wake up one morning and there's something just amazing that came out with no fanfare up until that point, And then it's just this explosion. So, like, I woke up, I guess it was Tuesday morning and the Resident Evil demo was out. Mm -hmm. And, like, I had to go through... It was not out well, and, like, I could find it on the European PSN, but not on the North American one. But after I downloaded it, you know, I eventually got it. And I was just so excited to be like, oh, there's this 20-minute demo, and they're obviously, like, chasing this PT vibe, something fierce. Uh, And then you play it, and they were chasing that PT vibe, like, something years mm-hmm. uh, which is not necessarily the worst thing because like pt was actually my favorite game of last year uh and i just fell in love with it and i love sort of like the communal mystery and the sort of like air of of mystique and uh mysticism that pervaded it with like all the weird hang like on. we have to solve this as a community because it's really obfuscated hang on uh, every- sorry to interrupt you um i am currently trying to figure out if oh did that program just die horribly mm-hmm. Uh-oh. Uh, my computer is uh freaking out hang on just okay. a second sure sorry about this no problem don't know what the fuck the problem is <laughs> 
Hopefully it is... I'm hoping this is still taping. That's what I'm hoping. Because, like, three programs have crashed. But everything's still on. (laughs) Mm. So just hang on a second. Sorry about this. Just as long as you can still see the waveform moving. The thing is, I can't... And I'm hoping I didn't just lose all of that. Oh, something's terribly wrong. Okay, you're probably going to lose me, and I'm going to have to call you back. Sorry, guys. No worries. <laughs> Fuck. All right. What the shit? <laughs> what happened? I don't know. My computer... So I'm still connected to them, but my computer screen is just black. Okay, wait. No, I think it's still... So I really got into just sort of how weird and kind of unique and PT was kind of this just tiny video game novella that Mm -hmm. they threw at you. And I probably played it like a half dozen times. So Resident Evil kind of is ape in that in a major way. And it's definitely not that for as much as it wants to be. Um, but I can't say I was like completely against what they gave me this sort of like watered down version of like walk around in this spooky house in first person. And there are just sort of subliminal flashes of ghosts and what have you around. Uh, I'm not so much into the like sort of very stock, like seventies murder family in the middle of the countryside in a creepy cabin vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, but it did, I, I don't know, as like a horror fan, I'm kind of completely done with the amnesia style, like run away from the ghosts mm, stuff. Right. You can't defend yourself. Like it was fun while it lasted, but I just don't feel it. they sort of juice that idea as much as it can go. So I could see like the promise in this thing where like you, you walk around this house and you pick up the puzzle pieces and then you open your inventory and you're like, oh, limited inventory slots. It feels like I'm home. And there's like little D-pad icons in the inventory that suggest, yes, you will have a gun and shoot a zombie at some point. Um, But I I guess I just really wanted to come away from it, maybe not as blown away as PT, but feeling like this was a self-contained horror experience. Whereas like despite PT having the word teaser in its title, that felt much more complete where this was just sort of like goof around the house. For 15 minutes mm-hmm. and like eventually a scary like hillbilly monster punches you in the face and then roll credits uh please play our game in early 2017 which was a nice surprise at least if it's less than a year away i consider that a, a victory for anything oh yeah coming coming out of e3 right <laughs> um, so it was like sort of neat and i'm like not comp- there's so many resident evil games coming out right now that like I'm not going to be crushed if this one isn't the Resident Evil game I need because they're making, like, two others. One of them is bound to be good. And, like, there actually is some of that crowd collaborative stuff in it. And I don't know how much of it is real and how much of it is people just wanting there to be sort of the, like, if we just do these arcane steps in the right order, we'll be able to figure out the true ending but, like, I definitely have been refreshing, like, the Resident Evil Reddit page a few times a day just mm-hmm. to see, like, what sort of just nuts stuff people are doing. Like, oh, if you pick up this item and then you run up the stairs and then t- put this fuse in the fuse box and then, like, watch the videotape and, like, then the phone will ring. But the dialogue will be different than the last time the phone rang. So it seems like there there's something in there, but it doesn't 
uh, highlighted the way PT did. So I guess I just don't know how to feel about it because I like, want to be excited, but I don't also want to come down to this and be like, oh, you know how people were like psyched because at 3.30 this afternoon, they figured out how to get the attic door open. That was probably just a glitch like from them messing around with the game too much. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I don't think I knew there was a Resident Evil 7 until like this week. So... I'm I'm pumped for that in a sense, but I don't think the demo really did much to like move my enthusiasm one way or another other than just to be like, oh, I guess it's in first person now. Right. Yeah, I I don't know. I I was uh I I I sort of missed the whole like, hey, this demo's available now. Like I looked away from the press conference and then came back up and then I, I saw you were saying like, "Hey, I'm going to stream this uh, right now." And I was like, "There's a demo of that already?" Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Your antennas may not be up in the same way mine are. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, honestly, frankly, like, someone says Resident Evil, I'm like, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I think that is most people in the world. Yeah, right, right, sure, at this point. I mean, it, I mean, gosh, you know. Uh, <laughs> the, like, you, you're like, how many How many different games are coming out for Resident Evil? I, there's three. So there's this one, which is, like, going to be a first-person horror thing, maybe, they're doing like a third person shooter, which will probably be bad, uh, like the Operation Raccoon City, which was bad. And then they're remaking the second game, presumably pretty close to the style that they remade the first game, which is like one of the best survival horror games of all time. And it really seems like it's this passion project from this one specific dude there who's been lobbying for this for years that mm. they remake the game. Right. And like usually I'm pretty down on remakes, but this is not like the usual hd remake treatment presumably it's it's like the sort of like if you want to say reimagining or like a range mode that you got out of the original resident evil remake like i'm totally down for that if this is sort of this ground up like we're taking the schematic of this game and then modifying it in ways that might surprise you by which i mean the dogs will come through the windows the second time you go through the hallway <laughs> Uh-oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, look, it's not, you know, it's not like Apocalypse Now. They're not, right. they're not remaking Heart of Darkness or like, you know, it's not on that level. Right. It was a pretty fun zombie game set in a police station. There's only so much you can get. Yeah, well, we'll see. I, I'm curious what, how that how that one winds up looking. I, I don't know. Um, Heidi, what, uh, what were you playing before heading into E3? Oh, geez. I was playing uh, Romancing Saga 2 on my iPhone. Oh, right. So, so uh, this is the first Saga game Square has localized in years, and this, from what I heard, is one of the best. And from what I've played so far, it is really good, but it is also um, very much a Saga game. So it has zero appeal to people who cannot put up with uh, some of the weirdness of the Saga franchise. Which, you know, I, I kind of took a project for Gaming.moe where I was going to like look at the Saga franchise in depth. I had like a month set aside that I was going to play through a bunch of Saga games and just be like, eh, why is this series so reviled in the West even though Japan loves it? And uh, that didn't go so well because these games are huge and sprawling and they're not exactly the best at telling you what you have to do and matching saga 2 is 
better at that than the original, which I played through and talked about on on my site. You can find it on gaming.moe. But um, there are still some points in it where it's it's really easy to just kind of not know what to do or the best way to get through a situation isn't totally obvious. Like uh, one of the recent things I encountered was um, there's a kingdom that was uh, embroiled in a civil war. Their, uh, their monarch died and there were three hares and... Um, so, like, uh, okay, the king died, he, there was no heir left over, and uh, I, w- I went through the whole scenario, and there were numerous ways this could end, and I thought I had ended it the best way, where I would be able to go and eventually, like, take the kingdom for myself, but by doing something that seemed totally harmless, which was going off to do another side quest... I come back and it's like, oops, that uh, that path is completely closed off to you and you can never annex this kingdom for the rest of the game. And mm. this game is like filled with stuff like that. It's something that's kind of meant to be played multiple times over where you kind of learn from your mistakes and then go on and do something better. But it's uh, that kind of approach to JRPG just does not go over well with a lot of people. And I totally understand why. This is not a game for people who aren't willing to, you know, make mistakes. And you're going to need to save and reload a lot. (laughs) Right. But I'm really digging it. Um, The localization is trash. And um, if there is a PS Vita version, which there is in Japan, they've said they're considering doing the Vita version in the U.S., uh... I sincerely hope that they fix up a lot of the text because, wow, it's bad. Is it uh, poorly translated bad, or is it more like where they they add too much flavor and they take it in the wrong wrong tone? Um, It feels like somebody translated it mostly literally and there was only Uh one editing pass. Uh Hmm. Yeah, so that's what I've been... Playing lately, and I just got something from Zach that hopefully I'll be reviewing on the site very soon. So look forward to that. Oh yeah, right. That's the latest uh, Zero Escape, right? Indeed. Yeah, right. Uh, Todd, what were you playing before? You know, in the last month. Let's see. I'm also I also played Elemental Gearbolt. That's an old PlayStation gun game. Oh man, Big plastic pistol and shoot stuff. And I remember that. If, if uh, for those who haven't played it, it's a gun game and set in a little medieval fantasy world so instead of shooting down terrorists or zombies or anything like that you're shooting like these mechanized dragons and these little fluttering dragonfly winged drones and stuff like that and gigantic sea creatures and other stuff in that vein and it's really a good example of a game that has a lot of world building behind it because that you don't really see in the actual storyline uh the storylines is basically like these 10 minutes of anime cutscenes that are really they're not they have this nice art direction to them but they're they just don't really make a whole lot of consistent sense to them it's a kind of like watching uh trying to watch an entire tv series and piece together the plot just by seeing a few youtube clips so it's not something you really understand until you basically pick through the uh, glossary that comes with the game or um if you have the japanese version you can listen to this radio drama that shed some light on that if you have the uh, american version which is a working designs deal they made it harder but they kind of took out the radio drama understandable Mm -hmm. since like um you know this was like 1998 and game companies don't really 
translate yeah. radio drama extras or stuff like America that. America was not ready for radio plays. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. But it, it's a pretty well-made game. It's not very long, only like five stages, and there are all kinds of little secrets you can find. The American version has extra chalices, which were part of this competition to win a gold-plated gun con or something like that. Oh, and I remember that. Where after every level, you can choose to trade off between um, us boosting your score or you can boost your experience, which lets you you know do more. I think I think it just lets you take more damage, but... So you can decide what you want to do there. If you're going for score, or if you want to actually, you know, improve your chances of surviving. Well, you you did level up the guns, right? Yes, that's true. You did. Yeah, because I, I remember. I remember it yeah. being kind of like Panzer Dragoon Orta, where like yeah. getting yeah. a bunch of like getting a huge combo, basically getting a bunch of whatever the experience thing was in a row. So, yeah, would oh. like catapult your experience up. And there, you don't really increase your uh, gun or anything. You don't, never have to reload. You switch between three different guns. Mm. So it's a pretty terrible game. I've actually had fun visiting it again. And it is a, a very difficult decision for me, though, because, as you might know, um, light guns do not work on modern te- uh, televisions. Light guns mm. from the anything, I think, before the PlayStation 2, they don't really work right on LCD or plasma or anything like that. So you have to keep around a old cathode ray tube if you want to play your Duck Hunt or... House of the Dead or Hogan's Alley or whatever. So Elemental Gearbolt is the only gun game I think I'd really want to have around. So it feels like I'm keeping a um, television just for that. Like it's it's (laughs) its own makeshift arcade setup. So I kind of have to decide if I really like the game that much. Or I could just play it with the control pad. But, you know, that's uh, nobody wants to do that. That's... It's like playing two button Street Fighter. It's not good. I mean, that's dedication, though. That's a big setup for one game. But it's a fun game. I hope they reissue it someday in a format where you can actually point like a PlayStation. What is it now? The PlayStation Move or a Wii U? It'll be VR. The, whatever reissue, yeah. it'll be VR. It's the v. But yep, yeah, it's fun. So cool. Uh, that's it for me. Uh, I've been playing this video game you guys may have heard of called Overwatch. Uh, it's a good video game. <laughs> a lot I feel of people like, I know like everything it. about that game from Tumblr. A, a lot of people like that game a lot, and I am one of them. <laughs> no, it's cool. I uh, I only play Mercy. Uh, that's the only character I'm playing right now. It's very satisfying to uh, to to competitively to to have a team based competitive game where you can just do support. And I didn't play like fucking any Team Fortress, so I know this has existed forever. I just never did it before. <laughs> and also, Overwatch is a really good game, so like it's super fun and like a really good execution of that. So, yeah, like yeah, good times. Well, from everything I've heard, it's a little more uh, intricate and gives you a little more room to grow than Team Fortress did. Like, well, I guess like the, the, the sort of. <laughs> There's a, a like a little bit more twitch to it, but not so much that'll turn off people that don't come to video games to play Quake. And like at the same time, it just seems like the character roster is so diverse, and people seem to think it works well with each other. Yeah, in a way that like there's a lot of synergy there that Team Fortress doesn't really have. Yeah, there's something for everyone in that game. Like, I, I, yeah, I, I feel like there isn't a, if like unless you're just straight up not okay with first person games. And that's a lot of people. Um, 
I would recommend it to basically anyone who enjoys video games. Like, there's something for everyone in there. If you if you like doing it with a controller, the odds are you can probably do it in that game <laughs> with one of those characters. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I have a total blast with it, to the point where that's the only thing I've been playing. If I have time for video games at all, it's Overwatch. Um, I tried to play Dark Souls 3, and... Uh, it turns out I like watching. I mean, it's okay to watch people play Dark Souls, and I'm I'm cool with that. <laughs> it's a it's a watch for me. I'll I'll watch it. Somebody else walk through that thing, which I did. It was fun. It's a good. It it seemed neat. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I wasn't gonna slog through it myself. You finished Bloodborne though, right? No, I I got really far. Yeah. I want to finish Bloodborne. Like that one, I really do want to go back and finish. I I want to get there at some point. Um, I feel like okay. these days Bloodborne is is the one to finish out yeah. of any of those. I feel like it's sort of the most well-distilled version of that concept. The thing is, it felt like that to me, too. And I, I played that one. I played Dark Souls when it came out. I didn't make it that far in it, but I played a lot of it. And uh, then didn't play the second one and then played Bloodborne and was like, oh, this is like, oh, they, they, they made the perfect one of those. They made the one yeah. that I would really like. This is the thing that I, you know, if they made, if there were one of these was particularly suited towards my taste, this is it. And so, uh, if they make another one of those, all right. But at this point, I feel like they've done what they're going to do with that aesthetic. So let's pick a new aesthetic from software. Let's pick something. Well, it new. seems <laughs> like they are right? right. Like that's sort of the rumors going around. But I felt like there might have been rumors that there was a Bloodborne two coming, and like. I would take it. Oh, the, the sure. The Bloodborne DLC was amazing. Yeah, I wouldn't... Uh, and that's, yeah. like, some of the best DLC I've ever played in any video game. I wouldn't um, say no, of course. But I would really love it if the next From Software thing was not a uh, heavy metal album cover gothic fantasy. Yeah, totally. I mean, yeah. like, the scuttlebutt has always been, like, a Dark Souls but space. And, like, I can totally get behind that. I would really like to see them try for pretty instead of gruesome and dark. Yeah. I would like them to see that, but they will never do that because they're only, their audience wants grim and gritty, so it'll be well, death and dispersion, you know. It's yeah. always like the, the Dark Souls thing is always like, you gotta get through like 10 or 15 hours before you see some of the, uh, you know, more aesthetically pleasing areas. And well, like, yeah. It, if you want to get at that stuff, you have to be like, yeah, I'm willing to endure like, five to ten hours in zombie town. Like, well, it's always going to be the but, same zombie well, town. Well, okay, but, like, specifically, I mean, uh, not a, not, like, skulls on everything and corpses falling off. And even the big pretty stuff in Dark Souls is, yeah. is candles, skull candle, uh, <laughs> the share zone brought to life. Like, that's, <laughs> that's Dark Souls, right? <laughs> <laughs> Boy, I hadn't made that connection until just now, and now I'm not going to be able to look at Dark Souls without thinking about the Share Zone. Uh, the Share Zone is the best Twitter account these days. Uh, but um, just something like something where they're going for, uh, you know, I don't know, Sunny. <laughs> just yeah, just you know, challenge we, those artists, you know. But like, I don't know. Do they? they do they have anything in their? sort of uh catalog that sort of suggests that i mean armor core is sort of less with the skulls no but still... no but i'm saying i want to see different i just want to yeah, see totally. him try i just want to see him do something like even just not quite as black would be you know would be great uh <laughs> yeah i'm just wondering if they like 
care to at all. <laughs> like, or if that's just like, nope, that's yeah. not what we're about. Hey, man, we only it, everything has to look like the cover of a Megadeth album, and that's yeah, you know, know. <laughs> and that's like, it's totally I, cool, man. I just you know. These are the picks we knit when there's nothing else to say. (laughs) I'm trying to think of, like, anything they've made that's sort of, like, more than, like... So they made Otogi, and that's kind of, like, an austere, uh, like, kind of fabled fairy tale kind of beauty. But, like, that's, like, the most I can think of. Like, they don't hew that much towards, like, kind of the closer to anime pastel aesthetic. Not that I would want not want that from them. I'm just, like wondering if that's anything they've literally ever done i mean not that that's what i'm talking about i mean just anything else (laughs) yeah i mean yes sure i mean anything else because i feel like those are the most talented artists the most talented artists working in in visual development in video games right now that's the dream team those games look better than anything else in the market from an art design standpoint period like there's no challenger i want to see them do more than melting skull statues. <laughs> mm. That's all I'm saying. They're the best. Let them branch out. So, um, what you're saying is you want the uh, Dark Souls version of the Adventures of Cookie and Cream, the uh, mobile sh- game on the PlayStation 2? Yeah, sure. What developer That's was tough. that? Yeah. Oh, that was them. Right. For some reason, <laughs> I thought that was uh, Treasure. Yeah, okay. no. So they, they got a little something in there. That was like 15 years ago, yeah. but... You know, there's like one old guy slaving away in the back, waiting for like he's like one day they're gonna let me draw the pig rabbit again. Yeah, <laughs> soon, <laughs> as soon as I draw this maggot lady. Yeah, just gotta just gotta have this vomiting bag of insects, and then I can draw the unicorn. They're like, can you make the the unicorn's horn like a dismembered hand? And he's like, sigh. <laughs> um okay uh so yeah i guess that's that's what i played is overwatch that that's it oh i am super excited i actually just before we started recording this the definitive edition of ori and the blind forest became available on pc which has new areas and shit in it and i'm stoked because i loved that game (laughs) I'm, i'm gonna go play it again with it's this is like the saturn version of symphony of the night right with the extra areas so they made that, and I'm, I'm stoked. Yeah, but the Saturn version has all of the bugs and other... Well, Heidi, like, it's not a one-to-one comparison. I'm not saying uh, let's start talking about the Saturn version of Symphony of the Night. I'm just saying it's a Symphony of the Night-style game that now has extra areas and stuff in it. They added yeah, a whole bunch of what, new content. I degree of nerd I am, right? I'm I know. I'm going to jump in and correct you all I know. Time. I know that. You know, I'm really excited because Kogi Rashi is going to be at Anime Expo, and I think they, I, they hopefully... Crossing my fingers might let me interview him. I would love to interview that. That would be great. Symphony oh, of the Night's my favorite game of all time. That demo is coming out like in a week or two. Yeah, maybe, or stoked right about that after too. E3. Yeah, yeah, something like that. That's like something I vaguely got excited about. Yeah, when I saw the email. I'm really I curious. Like, oh, yeah, super I curious. The thing about that. I actually kickstarted. Uh, all right, so uh, you know, it turns out like half the stuff that uh, I was going to talk about with E3. We got questions about it, so we may as well just do the Twitter questions, right? Because all of this stuff is in there, um, with 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 a few notable exceptions. Uh, so I did want to bring up Mass Effect. Is, I'm gonna take. I'm gonna buy that. I'm just. I'm not gonna sit here and say I'm not gonna buy it, but I have to admit, like 
what was shown for Mass Effect? They're just going to make another one. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's all there they was need a trailer. To tell me. There was an a there was a blue alien with the smudge across her eyes. That was something I hadn't seen before. <laughs> right? Yep. So that sure happened. Yeah, this this is going to be the Dragon Age Inquisition of Mass Effect, right? Like that's what this is. I'm assuming. But that's really what I don't want. I know, that's what I don't like, want either. <laughs> I really like I don't want to be a person who's like just go back to Mass Effect 2, but like Mass uh, Mass Effect 2 had like the balance of like sort of discrete story and objectives that I wanted out of a game like that. Oh yeah. And like Dragon Age Inquisition just went like full open world. And it was like, pick up a bunch of bloodstone and like get off your horse every five oh, seconds. Oh, shit. So you can pick flowers. Now I'm and having like, flashbacks. Do your chores on the war table so you can get 50 Fuck. gold in 25 minutes. And oh. like, please don't do that. Just uh, make dude, like 20 really dude, good missions. Dude, you're right. Like seven months from right now, you're going to be holding a game controller and you're going to walk into the Mass Effect version of that war table. And it's going to yeah. zoom down onto the, onto the hollow screen. And there's going to be hollow ships that move around. And it'll say, do you want to mine for uh, minerals in this location? That'll cost you 400 space bucks. You say well i don't know i need to use those for this espionage mission that's over here. <laughs> i just i'm predicting the future right here in front of you <laughs> yeah i mean i feel like call you no sodomus we'll see yeah in 18 months let's let's find out we got like we got a title screen last e3 a teaser trailer this e3 next e3 maybe some gameplay Oh, is I thought it, I thought they said January 2017. Oh, really? I thought they said oh, wow. like it that comes out in before the next E3. Oh, well, which was funny. shocking how little they showed. Look, I'll keep playing those games. They yeah, like they fill a niche. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll always play them. <laughs> I'll grouse about them a little, but they're they're still giving me enough of what I want that I haven't stopped playing them yet. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, okay. Um, oh, and the other thing I wanted to just briefly mention, um, there, there was a, a, a comment I, I, I've been seeing, I saw this around, uh, Twitter and, and in the comments spheres that also mentioned at E3 was that, uh, Kanye West has, is making a video game or has hired a studio to make a video game about his mother. Uh, and there was a lot of like, what the fuck? Oh, weird Kanye. I just wanted to point well, out. Wasn't this news out like half a year ago? It, it was, and now they're that? showing screens. Familiar. Yeah, and now they're showing like stuff from it, right? Um, oh, okay. Yeah, they released like a little trailer for it, and it looks neat. Uh, I just, I, everyone was like, what the fuck is this? And I just have to throw this out there. I don't understand why people continue to be baffled by surrealism from artists who work in that medium. Like, for instance, Hideo Kojima. <laughs> Yeah. Who had a, yeah. a, an abstract surrealist trailer, which you can tell he's been wanting to do something exactly like that for a long time because Metal Gear Solid games are full of abstract surrealism. It's clearly where a lot of his influences are pulled from. And that trailer was all that. And everyone was like, what? And it's like, what did you guys think you were going to get? <laughs> <laughs> like, what did you like? I saw it and I was like, I can't fucking wait. I said, I, when he says, I'm going to do something, you sit down and you watch it unfold because he's an artist that's what you do and so like the 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 amount of what the fuck i was like everyone should just chill and be like all right man (laughs) whatever it is i can't wait you know i don't know 
I, I just it's weird to me that people continue to act surprised when an artist makes art and like it seems like they're allowing these guys to push further and further into art territory. It seems like it. Well, he's got such a name, right? That like I was this so this was at the Sony conference, so I assume they are they're bankrolling it that maybe it's exclusive. I honestly don't know. I don't know. Uh, well, yeah, I, I mean, insofar as what we don't know what Kojima's, like, deal is, but, like, it's obvious that if you give him all the artistic freedom he wants, it's not gonna, like, look like Metal Gear Solid. I'm just saying, like, it, I feel like a, a, if if that's where we're gonna push video games, like, because we're not, we're not pushing video games into narrative, like, it doesn't seem like we're pushing video games into narrative places, but visually, if we're doing a whole lot of visual art, I feel like the industry should totally just embrace that. Well, I feel like I'm, or I'm kind of hoping that more people are realizing that maybe the strictly narrative, like cinematic thing, is kind of a non-starter, right. or that like the uh, resources you have to pour into something like that are not gonna, like it's a bubble, and eventually, like they're gonna realize like the the costs are are climbing so rapidly so like i like the idea that you can just have this thing which is like more abstract and you know kooky and like doesn't have to fit so rigidly to like well this is what movies this is how movies tell their story so we're gonna bolt this like four movie story onto this video game Mm -hmm. right Uh, and like i'm real like i love hideo kojima I've like totally come around to him from in like the past fifteen years since Mel. Like I got all all grumpy about Metal Gear Solid Two, and I was like, "This isn't Metal Gear Solid One." And then I, you know, years passed, and I was like, "Actually, this is oh, yeah. a quite good game." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and like I'm totally psyched. I'll play whatever comes out of that guy. I do wish that like that level of artistic freedom was a little more pervasive. Yeah, because uh, he is like borderline the only person allowed to do that. Yeah, um, you're right. With that kind of a budget, you know. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, right. Exactly, and and maybe you know maybe as video games mature, that's what we'll see. We'll see like the great you know great visual artists come out of it and become celebrated and and become you know the you know the masters of the masters of our time, the people that you know, back in the 30s and 40s would have had giant gallery exhibitions and people would have shown up to see, you know, their new work and things like that. Um, so, I mean, I kind of see it moving in that direction just a little bit. And when I saw that trailer that, that at E3, I was like, oh, man, I wonder if this is where this is going. That would be awesome. But you're right. It's probably going to be just that one guy. <laughs> well, for the time being. Yeah, you know, maybe. Maybe in a decade we'll see, like, how the trend shape. I think it's funny that, like, I guess he just likes Norman Reedus a lot because, like, <laughs> Norman Reedus was supposed to be in Silent Hills and then Silent Hills got canceled. And, like, they're like, come on, buddy, you're coming with us. Like, Kojima Productions has got gotcha. you. Yeah, totally. your C section scar. <laughs> your ghost baby. Yep. Robot umbilical cord. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, all right, let's go ahead and get to these Twitter questions. All right. Somebody asked about uh, Wild Wild Guns Reloaded in, t- in the Twitter questions because I kind of want to hear about that. Heidi, did you play it? 
I did in fact play it when I had a spare moment. That was uh, where my first beeline went to. It was like Zoop Wild Arms, and I was not disappointed. Oh, oh really? So it's basically a remake, uh, a remake of the original Wild Guns, and it's got the. Um, I wouldn't call you- it so much a remake as like a kind of a reimagining. I mean, it's the same graphical style down to like pixel art and stuff like that. Some people are saying they might just be reusing some assets from the SNES version. I kind of doubt that because there's so much new in it. And, uh, well, it's widescreen and it supports up to four players. So you can have uh, four players, each one taking a different character, and they'll all be uh, shooting the crap out of stuff. Now, oh, yeah. I, ho- I hope the final game balances it depending on how many players you have because single player, it's kind of hard... It was kind of hard in the demo to handle everything that was coming at you. Four players could do it pretty darn well, but single player, it, it was pretty rough. Even so, it's it's pretty awesome to see a nice big screen where you're going around and everything's flying at you and you just have to like take account of everything. This whole genre of game like the crosshair shooter yeah, is... Yeah, it's been dead forever, and now it's coming back, and it's widescreen and four <laughs> players. It's like, whoa, this is great! And the new character designs—they haven't like really revealed them yet, but just the silhouettes were like, okay, here is a a dog riding a robot. That is great, and there's a there's a cute chubby girl on the other side. That is awesome yeah. too. Please. I was so surprised they went with that instead of just going with like I don't know a, a robot cowboy or something. Yeah, that, that's great. That's creative. That's stuff you don't see often, and it made me so happy. It's like, oh, God, E3 is saved. Yay! <laughs> but I might be biased. Okay, all right. Let's Let's uh, let's get to these Twitter questions here. Barry Eggs asks, I haven't heard very much talk about Tokyo Mirage Sessions from you. From me, thoughts? I don't. I barely know it. it. Was that was the crazy anime thing that Nintendo showed like last year? And it's like I it's have like a review f- copy. I mean, I haven't gotten around to it because as soon as I got it, I had to leave for E three. Right. Uh, this is like Fire Emblem crossed over with Persona, and they're oh man, I don't even want to try and get into it. Yeah. I I am not a big enough fan of either of those franchises to set one foot near that it is for some fandom i am not part of <laughs> so the people who are this is their au headcanon right like come to life <laughs> it's like the two most shippable games currently airing put together i can't even imagine so this is for the fujoshi market in japan right i think this is also going to be the game kind of that persona uh five was delayed Right. Well, I also, though, because yeah. I mean, it plays like a Persona game, at least to, to some extent. You have the dungeon design and the whole haunted Tokyo subterranean demon world, and think a little bit like that. But it doesn't really. Well, in other ways, it's different. But uh, I think it'll scratch that itch, and it's probably well. What else does the Wii U have this year? Not too much. To well, I mean, I think we'll get to the other one here in a, in, a, in a minute, but. Uh... Actually, that is the next question, is about the next Zelda game. Breath of the Wild, mm-hmm. which uh, looks f- fine. Fine. Is anyone super stoked about that? I played it. How was it? 
I really liked it. Like, my big problem with a lot of open world games is that they just overwhelm you in terms of both gameplay and visuals with so much stuff. Like, you go to a place in the world and it's just, like, filled with things. Right. And it just feels overwhelming, whereas this is just, like, you know... There are these big open fields, and you feel like you could go there and just chill for a while and look at the landscape, watch some boars pass by, and contemplate your life. And that's a, that's kind of a good feeling, having that, that openness, that, that space that allows you to just breathe and take things in. Like, just doesn't feel like there's a lot of pressure. Of course, I could be horribly wrong. This might just be... First impressions, and there could be, you know, towns filled with people who have, like, requests to give you a piece. But from what I played, it just felt a lot more chill. And I like that a lot. (laughs) Well, I mean, that's definitely heartening to hear. Uh, Because, like, I was coming into this just assuming that it was just going to be Assassin's Creed with a Zelda skin. I I don't think they would make that. I mean, I really hope not, but, like, I feel like I just hear the words open world and I, mean, I really recoil. And like, I, like, think about... I, I saw... Half. They should link climbing up the fucking rock wall. And I was like, no, I don't think so. <laughs> no, that doesn't look fun. What, is Tomb Raider now? <laughs> or Uncharted? Like, yeah, that doesn't look fun. Like, the, the, the trailer did not look... It looked like an open world game, which is, which is fine. But the fact that it... I mean, it... If it's super zen, maybe that's a that's a bonus. I feel like like it's better to play than to see, see the trailers because uh, oh, yeah. first day I went to E three, I was watching a bit of the Nintendo Direct and I was looking at it and I'm like, oh god, this all sounds terrible. Like weapon durability, stamina meter, ugh, what is going on? And then I played it and I'm like, I'm digging this. I like this a lot more than I have some of the more recent 3D Zeldas. This is uh, I'm totally feeling it. Cool. Hmm. Well, uh, yeah. I mean, that's cool. Like, I, I, you know, I hate, I hate to go into this cliche, but I feel like it is the most efficient way to describe it. Like, the original Zelda kind of was the original open world game, and that is something I loved about the original Zelda. Is like you could go to like ninety percent of that map, and there were a bunch of discrete tasks with like specific rewards, like. You get seven hearts and then you get the magic sword or like figuring out where to get the healing potions, stuff like that. So when I but when I hear Zelda like open world in this day and age, I'm like, all right, how many bugs are you going to want me to correct? Correct. Like how much like the sword chopping mini game do I have to do? Stuff like that. So I like I would love something that like is very much like Zelda one, like just go mess around, dude, and, like, find whatever you're going to find. And, like, there aren't, you know, a half different sort of, a half dozen different sub-activities that the game expects you to play, like, 50 times over. Like, you know, sort of your Assassin's Creed, like, do the chase thing or, you know, any of those other things. So, like, I mean... Yeah, that's the impression I got. Yeah. The demos were pretty limited, so... Hopefully my impressions are right. I could do with a totally chill open world game where I don't feel pressured to like do a bazillion yeah. things where I like, can just 
take in the world as it exists. Instead of actively deleting icons off like the mini map one yeah. by one. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't, yeah. It's just like I, I've just completely fallen off Zelda. Like I didn't like Skyward Sword at all. I could like kind of barely stand to play it. Like I barely finished Twilight Princess. Um, it's just like what those games are about now is nothing like what I wanted out of the series. And so I've just sort of like, you know, <laughs> jettisoned all my emotional investment in Zelda for like a long time. Probably like I, since Majora's Mask, I guess, was the last one that like I felt some sort of like emphatic kinship towards. Hmm. Well, I'll buy it anyway. See how it is. Um, hmm. Let's see here. Farm Zero asks... Why doesn't Kratos wear a hat if he's in Scandinavia now? His bald head will get very cold. That's a good point. <laughs> I didn't know that that was Kratos while I was watching that trailer until the giant bomb guys were like, oh, that is Kratos. And it's like, what? I thought Kratos was dead. But no, <laughs> that is Kratos, and that's his kid, and now they're going to tear through Viking stuff. And whatever. <laughs> I, I mean, I knew it was him, but I really wanted it to not be him. Yeah. I, yeah. I will get that game I, out of a red box. <laughs> I but yeah, I mean, that's to pick thing. up the spear of Gugnir and stab Odin through his empty eye socket or whatever the hell they're going to have him do. And then, yeah. I don't know. I do not. I, thank you, God of War, for um, already wrecking Greek mythology and going on to a, a mythology I like even more. So. Yeah. Why didn't they go to Egypt? I mean, Leonard to descend, (laughs) turn him into one of her noble Einherjar, and then ship him up to Valhalla unleveled, and he can just die in Ragnarok, and we'll never have to have another God of War game. (laughs) No, he's just going to have sex with three Valkyries at once, and and you'll just hit the button really hard to make him... While his son is, like, outside? (laughs) Yeah, he'll, he'll, he'll send his son off to go play the Norse equivalent of, you know... We, the Wii or whatever. <laughs> I mean, do you, what percentage chance do you think that Kratos lives past the first, like, chapter? Because he's going to die and you're going to play his fucking kid. That's going to happen. <laughs> like the end of Red Dead Revolution or Red Dead, Red Dead Revolver. Maybe I'm wrong. I'm just, it just seems like, it just seems like, obviously, what, what they would do. I just, like, I just don't. They've done this is like some sort of like Herbert West mad alchemy that they've taken like God of War and grafted the dad subgenre onto it. Like, just like the thing <laughs> that like sub-genre. I possibly find more repellent like, than the dad subgenre. Like, oh, you know, the way that make Kratos even worse, make him sad dad. I mean, he already was like, he's always been a sad dad. My son. <laughs> Or like, yeah, sad, raids like angry, sad dad. My son, that he can accidentally murder or feel angry about. That's gonna be that whole game. My son, that's gonna be it. I can't believe he didn't flip the fuck out and what his kid shot him with an arrow. I guess he's taken like his anger management courses or just <laughs> enjoyed the mead. Shit. Uh, all right. It's it's like a robot chicken parody of God of War. It's like, what if Kratos went hunting with his son? I mean, <laughs> that demo looked fine. It looked fine. It looked like a totally fine action game. I I cannot imagine getting excited about it, but it I will probably play a few hours of it just to appreciate the assets, the art assets, right? Uh, but I mean, it, it's a, it's kind of hard to imagine anyone getting super excited about a God of War game. I mean, they're just kind of always going to exist, right? 
<laughs> well, I, I thought we were free. Oh, really? No way. Come on. No way. <laughs> I mean, he's I not leaving that, that money on the like table. Years ago, but nobody cared about it, it seems. So maybe I was just being willfully ignorant. Yeah, man. Name brand recognition. They'll keep cranking them out until one hits. <clears throat> um, okay. EO Nev asks, which one would you hug? PT Fetus, Death Standing Fetus, Death Stranded Fetus, or Naked Norman Reedus? <laughs> I like a little bit of poetry. Yeah, I didn't realize. No, all of the above here. I mean, yeah. Why can't you? Sure, you. Can. I'm going to say that that is inside the rules. Well, look, you're obviously going to make a hug sandwich with Norman Reedus and the Ghost Reedus because he's not letting that thing go. So that's just part and parcel. Essentially, it's just a fifty-fifty oh, choice here. God damn it! Now <laughs> I want a mystery novel called Norman Reedus and the Ghost Fetus. Well, there was somebody that, like posted. There was like a meme going around Norman Reedus and the Funky Fetus. Okay, okay, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't see that. <laughs> well, that's funny. Okay. Uh, also from Aonev, how far in Detroit will you get before the plot falls to pieces? So this is the new David Cage game God, that is just Blade uh, Runner. That's just, just thinking about that game makes me angry. Well, why? Uh, David that... fucking Cage and all that stupid manipulative melodrama from the fucking trailer. Oh, okay. Uh, what I mean, he's Cage is gonna Cage, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, doesn't mean I have to like him. You don't. God. I don't like. I mean, Beyond Two Souls was terrible. I thought. I, yeah, I, I I just sort of like I just got into like a a mild bout with my wife about this where like I was like Beyond Two Souls was definitively worse than Heavy Rain and she was like no Heavy Rain was worse I was like Heavy Rain had a plot <laughs> like Beyond Two Souls like it was just a smattering of like seeds that came out of different movies I, I cared like, about what would happen in Heavy Rain I cared about like it, yeah the end her thing was like you see the twist in Heavy Rain and you're like the the entire everything that happened in this game makes no sense now. Yeah. So like she was like better just not to have a plot in the first place. And I was like I don't know like there were a good four or five hours in Heavy Rain before things just completely went to pot. The thing is I feel like Until Dawn was the David Cage model done in a more entertaining and less frustrating yes. and stupid way. So I just want another I want another game. Maybe I don't want like another horror game or whatever, but another Until Dawn is the model, I feel. So hopefully yeah. and that was a big success apparently. So hopefully they'll make more. No, I agree. I loved uh Until Dawn. And like look, I'll sass a David Cage game, but I will play it. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> like, yeah. He's another artist. Like those games require not a lot of time investment. Their production values are pretty good. Their writing is like abysmal. Um, but in this way where like it's go it's just so bad that like you can't get mad at it in the same way as something that should have been good. Or oh, like I could have been super good. mad at it. I don't like I just don't I don't have that sort of rage for them. I sort of appreciate the inanity of it. I don't know. Maybe that's like a self-defense mechanism because <laughs> I'm going to play him anyway. But like, I don't like he's got he's got his peccadillos and uh, some of them are worse than others. And like, you know, maybe uh, the like main female lead doesn't have to be menaced with rape in her introductory scene. And then like decide she wants to make out with the main male lead for no reason all of a sudden. Uh, but, you know. It is what it is. 
Well, well we did see child endangerment stuff. in that trailer, so uh, we've already ticked off one on David Cage Bingo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My my face for that whole trailer during the press conference was <laughs> the that uh, Totomatsu.jpg, the one where he's just got that <laughs> awful staring while <laughs> barely repressing his anger face. That was literally me. <laughs> yeah. that presentation that's funny I mean I'm, I'm like Zach I'm not going to give him money for it like I'm going to head down to the red box yeah. and like put my three ninety nine down yeah yeah. I, th- that stuff is just tailor made for that I am a little surprised that Sony floods the red box with their first party titles because most of them are narrative experiences that are perfect for rental yeah, you know. like I would buy those games if I felt like there was any staying power to them. Oh, there's but none. Like, yeah, you play it once and you're like, "Yep, that was the twist." Yep, it was really ham-handed. And <laughs> if I if I want to see any alternate anything to YouTube, that's it. Yeah, I'm not fucking playing it again. No way, <laughs> man. <laughs> if you want to load up YouTube to be like, "Oh, that actually wasn't different at all." Yeah, it's like two seconds of difference or something. And yeah, yeah fuck. I remember being. I remember doing that with Mass Effect Three and being like, "What?" <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's that's just different colors. I just, <laughs> I just sort of gave up on that. I was like, that's not it's just not what choice in video games is about. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I am on record and maintain my defense of the end of Mass Effect 3. But anyway, moving on. The Flu 54 asks, do you think Nintendo not having a giant press conference was a thing other companies should do? Or is it a thing only Nintendo can do? Well, I mean, anyone could do that. I don't know. Uh, Todd, what do you think? Uh, the question, I guess, is Nintendo big enough that they can ig- ignore the press conference? Thing? I think he's. Yeah, I think. Are. I think he thinks that's why they didn't have one. Yeah. So, I mean, any company could pretty much do this at, as long as they're one of the larger ones here. But I guess the whole idea is you don't really have to be at E3 anymore to get the taste of it. And that era has gone by. I do kind of miss the. Well, I never actually went to E3 in like 1994 or something, but I can understand the appeal of that. I mean, these days I'm like wondering, you know, do I really, is there any point in going? Well, if you had a time machine and you could travel back to any one year, any one E3, which one would you go to? Oh, man. It would be the one where uh, Sega and Sony were announcing their 32-bit plans and just watching Sony mop the floor and feeling miserable about it (laughs) as a Sega person. Oh yeah, well you guys are Sega Allegiant, right? Like, no. <laughs> I would probably go back to one of the earliest E3s just because to see the, the contrast in the way it was. And you want to see know. some beards and thin T-shirts and <laughs> white men, as far as the eye can see, and nothing else. <laughs> I want to see some uh, games that were unreleased games that you know, like um, the Virtual Boy, Dragon Hopper. Oh right! All oh, right, yeah, the earliest. Oh, yeah, though. you could see Jellico Slam Dragon, which never yeah. came out in the U.S. Great <laughs> fighting game, that one. Oh, the 3D fighting for the PlayStation, yeah. Uh, it's not really 3D. It's 3D, 2D, and also just atrocious all around. But that's a different conversation. <laughs> all right, yeah. then. Pavel Killer asks, "What would you like in a new Zelda story? A sci-fi setting? No. Female protagonist? Sure." Skippable cutscenes? Absolutely. Yes, please. Bucket mouse. What was that, Todd? The bucket mouse. Bucket mouse. <laughs> that in-joke brought back from Link's Awakening. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's a whole story. Uh, I don't know. I don't have any, like, 
I, I'm not even sure what I want from a from a new Zelda game. I I know that I will just continue to buy the ones that come out and try them, and maybe sometime they'll make one that really connects with me. I don't know. I just I just want a little less, like thirty yeah. percent less of everything that's in the game. Yeah, less I don't talking less open world, like less Hyrule fieldy stuff. Collectibles. Yeah. Yeah. No. I just want like a tighter core experience. I like this question. Danger High asks. What do you think of the trend where everything is becoming The Last of Us? <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, it certainly seems that way, right? Well, well, they that showed that new game. Really popular. They showed, they showed that new game, The Last of Us. Oh, I mean, Days Gone. <laughs> where it's a scruffy guy killing zombies uh, in a very realistic-looking wood. Uh, and I thought, there's nothing about this that appeals to me at all. Even slightly. <laughs> I mean, so did anybody, any of you finish the last, I mean, Dave, you did. Yeah. And yeah, you, I mean, I loved it. Right. Um, and I've, I've become very sort of not super into Uncharted, and that game just grabbed me. Like, I felt like it was super strong writing. Like, the systems were actually pretty good for something that was sort of in the Uncharted vein. There was, like, a little more give to that than you usually get out of those, like, cinematic acting experiences. And, like, it you know, in a sense, was well-crafted enough to supersede its bad zombie post-apocalypse genre, which is, like, maybe the best you can hope for. But, like, now everybody else is like, well, we can do that, and everybody loves zombies, so why not? Right. It's like, well, you don't have fake Ellen Page and all that. Yeah, I don't know, man. That, that, That game looked like, well, we built it from the ground up to appeal to this guy. And there's a guy that, like, loves that game. And I don't... I'm not that guy, so... I don't know. What's it been, like, maybe three years since that game came out? Or are we just, like, sort of right in the right cycle yeah. for a bunch of copycats to have hit their crest? Yep. Yeah. Yes, I indeed. I find that the more games try to imitate, like, you know, that whole movie sense, and not so much in the... Since they have a lot of cutscenes, but just the quality of the writing and the presentation, it actually turns me off to us in a sense because they thrust themselves into comparisons with actual movies, and yep. they usually come up mm. wanting. Like for something like Metal Gear or Final Fantasy, it's enough of a video game and enough of a unique experience that's not like that much anything I can really find in an equivalent in the theaters or on Netflix or something like that. I mean, Metal Gear, people talk about how Kojima is a frustrated director, but the nuttiness that he puts into those games, I think really sets them apart, at least in terms of the storyline. And the more that you have things like Uncharted and The Last of Us, that they are pretty much, the idea behind those is, and around all the news stories of praising them or something, is that, oh, it's cinema quality writing. It's, you know, it brings the games to the level of movies. And when it does that, I'm like, well, okay, why don't I just watch a movie then? Something that's, yeah, yeah that's that's my big problem with it. I mean, I like games that actually feel like games, both in the in the logic they present and the um, capacity to get away with stuff that movies probably would have a harder time passing off. Right. Yeah. No, I, that makes sense. I think that's a good point. Um, all right. Uh, I feel like we should talk about the Last Guardian. Because that's a video game that people play at E3. Heidi, did you play The Last Guardian? I actually did not get a chance to play that one. I played a lot of Sony stuff. I actually played uh, Gravity Rush 2. Oh, but I, I, I did not play Last Guardian. Um, well, I mean, I guess there's not I, much to say about it other than I don't feel like 
I'm I'm ra- I'm I'm just taking whatever quote unquote expectations well, it's I might have coming and coming out super soon, so yeah. I didn't feel like I had to play it. We know it's coming this year, and uh, we know it's probably gonna be real good. So uh, Maybe. why not just leave it be an awesome experience? Why spoil anything of it? You know, I I, I mean I I feel like it's on me to. Uh, shelve any idea of like oh this game should be x y or z because i feel like we're getting something that was obviously compromised and uh Mm. in development hell for a very very long time so i'm expecting to see a structure with that has been completed by someone and it was not the original artist so whatever we're gonna see i'm expecting a relatively complete as complete as could be expected experience but i'm not going into this expecting another masterpiece i'm just not uh i mean for so in the case of last guard you know i'm just keeping my heart super close to my chest yeah right and like whatever it is like shadow of the colossus is probably one of my favorite games ever right yeah like this i this game has become like it's just such an abstract concept in my mind now that i couldn't believe there's an actual release date attached to it I just sort of assumed it would never happen. Yeah. So you know, whatever comes out, it'll be what it is. Like uh, I'm not, I'm not going to lose any sleep out over it. I hope it's good. I really, really like that dude's games. Yeah. I'm going to use lose a little bit of sleep. I think just wondering about some of the other stuff in it because I mean, I really do like Eco and Shadow of the Colossus. So I'm totally speculating about everything. Little scrap of information we've seen the last guardian you know and the fact i think this the e3 trailer was the first time we saw the other little you know whatever there are baby griffins walking mm-hmm. around so that's that enough is enough to excite me there and heidi i have to ask um, was sony promoting this uh with merchandise at the uh at e3 were they giving out little stuff to uh, griffins or anything like that or oh god i wish they would have because oh, i would have <laughs> taken one home there was not a lot of swag this year. Like, the most precious commodity were hats. People were just, like, going bonkers over the friggin' Morgana hats at the Atlas booth. I was lucky to get one of the Tekken hats. Oh, wow. Did they have anything for Gravity Rush, too? Not that I saw. Oh, okay. So I don't feel too bad about not going to E3 now. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, all right. So while we wrap up here, uh, we, we had some, some quite a couple of questions asking us to comment on what appears to be the end of the PlayStation Vita. Uh, how much longer do you, I mean, Heidi, what's your, what's your take on that? How much longer do you think that thing has? Um, I think it's going to keep on going in Japan. And I think niche publishers, the Axis's, the, uh, Exceeds, the NIS's of the world are going to keep, you know, producing games for the, audience that remains in the u.s and as long as the game stops of the world are willing to stock it i don't see them stopping anytime soon but uh once the mainstream drops it like they well once the mainstream retailers i should clarify drop it like they did with the sega saturn back then uh you know it's it's pretty much done because they're not gonna bother once retailers don't care anymore yeah. Uh, I mean, down but not out. Like they keep. Nope. Sorry. sorry. But they keep saying it's dead. But like those niche games that you can't find anywhere else. Like just today, I was playing a demo for this thing called Grand Kingdom, 
Yeah, uh, right. Which, like, yeah. somebody told me to download, and actually seems like it might be pretty good. It's sort of like a board game that turns into this tactical RPG formatted like Guardian Heroes, if you can imagine that, with, like, sort of the three-tiered battle system. So it's, like, this totally awesome, like, concept that haven't seen anything sort of bordering on that level of creativity in a while. Like, there's another one of those Virtues Last Reward games coming out. I assume the Danganronpa is coming out on that, but I don't actually know. I think it's PS4 and Vita, yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, so both. And I feel like, oh, and that, that like, the I, it might be by the people who do Firefly Diary, the one where you're the little girl and there's the yokai. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, coming, too. Like, but, again, that's another NIS deal. Yeah, so I guess it's, like, pretty much just them and, like, people or companies of their caliber. But, like, truthfully, those are the games I want to play. So I'm always, like, super torn on this, like, nobody wants to create anything for this thing except the people that I want making games for it, which, in a sense, is great. <laughs> Every yeah, same here. six months when one of these games comes out, but like there isn't the weight behind it to actually sustain those people putting out their weird games and like the like somewhat creepy like otaku or otome games uh, aren't holding up their end of the deal. Now, Namco Bandai is still supporting it, isn't that right? Or Bandai yeah, Namco, but the yeah, thing is like a, a lot of the games that they're supporting it with are games that ha- are like dual platforms so it's like okay we've already got a ps3 or ps4 release of this we can do the vita version as well like they're, they're doing that with the new sword art excuse me yeah. sword art online game and from what i understand those sword art online vita games have sold ridiculously well for them so uh, good on them i guess uh, they know the vita audience wants anime games and they're they're giving them to them all right well, it'll be interesting to see how that thing uh, wraps up. It has a pretty good library, so if you're into anime games, boy, yeah, the Vita library is for you. Definitely, absolutely. All right, guys. Hey, listen, we're uh, that wraps us up. Uh, as always, I appreciate you guys coming on and uh, and sharing your thoughts on video games with me. Uh, it's been a pleasure. Yes, thank you, Zach. Thanks. Okay, that's our show. Big thanks to Dave, Todd, and Heidi for stopping by. The theme song is Bucharest. It's by the band The New Division. You can check them out at newdivisionmusic.com. Don't forget, subscribe to us on iTunes. Leave us a rating and review. We'd really appreciate it. We'll see you all next week. Mm-hmm.